On this week's episode, we're blown away by the violence and the murder spree of Charles Starkweather and Carol Ann Fugate. Then we question some production choices of the 1973 movie Badlands. So kiss your James Dean poster and meet us in the pod shed. We're taking our martinis dry and talking about murder. everyone welcome back to another episode of thc true hollywood crime i'm your host mariah and this is your host bailey it's a me mario <laughs> it's becoming your catchphrase <laughs> me and i think this is episode 10 we finally make it to 10 10 yes Diaz. yes Way 10 down you know at least 50 more to go i would say and back in the fucking bedroom <laughs> We are back in the bedroom. Um, California's on fire. California. The whole state of California. The whole West Coast is on fire. Yeah. Oregon, Washington, mm-hmm. and then even like other states. Like I think Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, all of California for sure is on fire. So everything outside looks like the apocalypse. It's covered in ash and smoke. So we decided the pod shed might not be that fun. And if I'm filling my lungs with any kind of smoke, it's going to be from weed, not from these fucking fires. Hey, that's why we're THC, baby, and mm-hmm. not um, CWF, <laughs> California wildfires. That's a good save. Good save. <laughs> um, great. So I'm excited for this episode. Oh, yeah. How was your week? Long. Even with the fucking Labor Day, the holiday on Monday, just long. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the fires don't help because it feels like nighttime all the time. And you instantly regret going outside. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know how your kid's been after you pick her up from from preschool. But like they want to play outside. I yeah. Mean, my yeah, kids are kids. stuck inside mm-hmm. all day long because yeah. they're doing distance learning. And oh, my God, these kids are dying to go outside and I'm dying for them to go outside. Obviously. Yeah. You know, please. No, I think the saddest thing is when we went to check on the chickens, they had not come out of the coop. Oh, yeah. Because they thought it was still nighttime, and so they didn't lay oh, eggs. Oh, shit. Yeah, they didn't come out of the coop. They, they didn't, didn't lay, lay eggs? eggs. Whoa, I yeah. never even thought of that. Mm-hmm. So they're pretty fucked up. Poor girls. I know. It's been better, right? Because we were actually able to see today. It's gray, but you can actually see in front of you. Yeah, and it's not apocalyptic orange. Yeah, so they were out and about today, but still, I just feel bad for them because they're just out there kicking around and all that fucking ash. Right. Mm-hmm. I know. The older kids, I mean, they see it every year, so they're a little immune to it, but um, my two, almost three-year-old was a little freaked out that first morning when it was really I'm orange. Sure. Mm-hmm. She's like, she told uh, my husband, he was letting the dog out, and she's all, Daddy, don't go out there. It's too dangerous. Mm-hmm. It's not safe. And I'm like, no, it's safe. You're fine. It just looks scary because you are two years old and you have no idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. So anyways, the point is, we're back we're in back bedroom. in the bedroom. <laughs> so, uh, you know, maybe next week we'll be back in the potshed. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. So, once again, we have so many things to talk about. I've read three books since the last time we recorded. Three. And I haven't even fucking finished The Hunger Games. You're reading like a real book. Yeah. A big, long, thick book. Mm -hmm. I'm reading bullshit. Okay. So, um, so your three equals like one actual. Right. Yeah. So, I have, I'm going to give you a review on all of them. I want to hear which one you want to hear first. Okay. A really good book, period, full stop. Okay. 
a pretty good smutty book that's your run-of-the-mill yeah. entertaining smutty book mm-hmm. or like a deep dark dirty smutty book not for beginners not for novices let's start with the okay smutty to the legit smutty to the just plain good book okay so the just okay smutty you can even tell by the title right. it's called dirty like me Ooh. <laughs> by jane diamond and it's about a rock star and this girl that he pays to pretend that it's his girlfriend because you know he doesn't do relationships because he's a rock star and then of course they fall in love and before they realize that they fall in love they have lots of great sex mm-hmm. great read easy read Ooh, that was some nice ASMR. That was, I don't know if you guys remember this giant lighter right, from like episode two. Brick of a lighter. But it is the size of a 90 cell phone. And it didn't break the glass, so. And she hit the wine glass with it and the wine glass mm-hmm. held up, so. We're good, we're good. Props to Target wine glasses. There so we're... how descriptive are we getting on this sex? Oh, it's descriptive. It's okay. a good smutty book. Okay, good. It's very hot. Yeah. And All they right. have lots of sex. Cool. Yeah, great. And the girl's not super annoying, mm-hmm. which is nice because mm-hmm. sometimes these characters are written so immaturely that you're like, I can't even believe you that can't you're... take the sex seriously. Yes. So that one's good. Now, Deep Dark, Not for Beginners is called the first one's called Flock. There's a sequel called Exodus, which I'm reading right now. Okay. It. Fl- let me tell you something. Flock is one of the best ones I've ever re- uh, read. It's written by Kate Stewart, and it is hot, hot. So what is flock it's hard to describe okay and if you look it up on amazon that's all the reviews are like it's five stars but i don't know if i can describe it okay but uh this 19 year old girl goes to her dad's super rich but they're like estranged so she has to work in one of his factories to earn her inheritance okay and if she does a year of like work in his factories she gets this fat inheritance which He's never given her any child support, any financial support. She actually grew up pretty poor. So she's like, fine, I'll come do you this shit You want to be rich, you got to earn it. A year. And then, of course, she meets a dude at the warehouse. And it kind of unfolds from there. Him and his friends are part of this, like, I don't know what to call it. It's Secret. You, you could leave it at warehouse, man. And I can, my brain's already running in so many Now, I don't want to give too many details because I don't want to give spoilers. But let's just say... Um, maybe she gets involved with more than one man and uh-huh. maybe they're best friends and maybe they're perfectly okay with sharing and maybe things unfold from there. And maybe I want to be her. <laughs> yeah. And they're both hot and That's uh, amazing. it's great. So the first one's really dark and dirty and cool. And I'm reading the second one. And so far it's a little boring because we haven't gotten to any of the good stuff yet, but also I was really happy with her situation in the first book and they change it in the second book. And I'm like, I want things to go back to how they were. So kind of like with normal people, you're like, do I really want her, want them to do a second season? I mean, maybe they will. Yeah. You know, maybe they'll change my mind. Maybe it'll really pick up. But right now I'm, you know, I'm reading on my Kindle. So I'm like 18% of the way through it. And I'm like, eh. You're like, flip, flip, flip. But Flock, the first one is fantastic. Sounds good. So then all around good book. Um, not a smutty book is called Drowning in Stars by Deborah Anastasia, which is so funny because it was so good. I wanted to read other books by her. Okay. All the rest of the books she's written are like weird, dirty smut books. And then out of nowhere, she writes like, like where have you been all my a life? legit yeah. book? Uh-huh. I don't even want to read her other books because they look so cheesy that I'm like, it's like a book about like baseball players and it's called like Balls Deep and it has, you know, like a dude in a jock strap. <laughs> yes. And you're like, uh, that's a the little much even mom, for me. My mom reads. Yeah. <laughs> so cheesy. 100%. Um, 
so but this book drowning in stars is great um it's about a boy and a girl they meet when they're in seventh grade the boy's new in town she lives they live in like a kind of a seedy part of new york city Mm -hmm. and she's been basically on her own because her mom has to work so much so she knows everyone in the neighborhood she's super cool and tough and outgoing and smart and independent and so he just kind of like you know latches on and she takes him under her wing and they become best friends okay and she like protects him from bullies and like you know introduces them to the neighborhood kids to be friends with and they just become bffs and you love them together they're so great he's super abused at home his dad beats the shit out of him and so she's super protective of him because of that yeah and then some things unfold and in high school they end up being forced to separate and then their senior year of high school they find their way back to each other and the girl he had left her life's done a complete 180 She's being abused in multiple ways. This is ways. emotional just listening to you talk it's about it. It's a great book, it. though. And then, and so she's a, like the shell of the person she used to be. So he comes in because now it's opposite. Yeah, it's He's his strong. Turn. He's outgoing. Mm-hmm. He, you know, believes in himself and he comes in and Bury each her other's up. balance. Yeah. And it's great. Okay. Great book. Yeah. So, and you do get one good hot sex scene, but it comes at the end. Yeah. That so, makes sense. But it makes sense because the whole first half of the book, they're kids. Uh, yeah. So you're not even thinking that No way. one wants seventh grade sex. <laughs> no one has. I surely do not. Yeah. No one has And then when they're, um, when they're seniors in high school, it's like she's being so abused that it's like that's the furthest thing from mm-hmm. your mind and the furthest thing from his mind. Obviously. So finally at the end, you do get a good scene. Okay. But you got to earn it. Yeah. So those are my book reviews, guys. Depending on what you want to read, okay. pick one. They're all on Amazon and I think they're all... They got to be under five bucks. Yeah. So, you know. I'm definitely halfway through the book. The Hunger Games How's book. How's it going? Uh, song, Ballad of a Songbird. Yep. So, the boy who was in the districts, who got promoted to the capital, who is now supposed to be, like, a game coach, right? His tribute died or the tribute from his old district died and oh so, yeah i do remember him he's like super sensitive he's so sensitive because he gets it he's like these are people i know like right. i was one of these people and now you're asking me to coach them to kill each other right and so he's in the arena doing the district like burial thing like they put breadcrumbs yeah, around yeah. or whatever to help them find their way and croyo or or whatever uh, it'll always yeah, be cornelius to cornelius. me cornelius <laughs> he's got to go in and get him yeah get him out so that's where i'm at okay mm-hmm. and it's good i mean people are dying left and right and the fucking peacekeepers are just like yeah we'll let you in good luck getting out like we'll help you but eh. <laughs> has oh it might happen at the right, end right yeah okay i'm not no. gonna spoil mm-hmm. it for you because no, i am i am really enjoying it quite a bit how are you enjoying married at first sight season three <laughs> I'm much farther than you. I'm only on episode four. Yeah, I think I'm I've on episode reading. eight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're a mess. Everyone's a mess? There's one couple that seem almost too perfect. I'm waiting for them to blow up. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, they're too good. I was noticing now that I'm on the honeymoon. Mm-hmm. The the one where she didn't like him at first because we said he looked kind of like a dad. Yes. He is amazing. Yeah. And he is winning me over. Right. He's, he's funny and outgoing and very sweet, very and understanding. She's, awful. Well, she's not awful, but she's not the best. Yeah. 
who is a little awful is so the one who I said last week makes my Was, pussy dry. Uh-huh. That still stands. I know. But the woman he got married to whoa. is such a raging cunt to like, him. Like, whoa. Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. Now I'm starting to feel bad for him. But for I'm like, sure. damn, dude. Like, I get it. I'm not attracted to you either. But, like, you could at least be kind to him. Yeah. Mm-mm. <laughs> she is such a bitch to him. No, there are so many extreme parallels and emotions in this season. I'm just like, I don't, I don't know that I'm rooting for any of you. Oh, yeah. I'm just like, I don't know that I want you guys to be together. Because the super cute couple that have like abandonment issues because his mom left and her dad left. Um, She's looking for reasons mm. to find flaws in him. And yeah. anytime you're doing that, like she's setting herself she's up. She's self-sabotaging. Mm-hmm. And he's not, he's doing great, but he's almost doing too great that I feel like it might be a little fake. Yeah. So yeah. I just, I don't want to put, too much of my heart into their relationship. <laughs> I don't want to get too emotionally attached. Yeah, because I don't I don't feel like it's going to be something that's... Oh, nice. Bailey Spill of the Week came early, guys. What did I... Your wine. Oh, damn it. I didn't even feel it. Oh, my God. Just a little bit. Oh, my jeez. <laughs> Bailey Spill of the Week, guys. Wine on my bedroom floor. It's a classic. She's bringing back the classics. <laughs> Do you literally want me to pause it? Oh. Um, yeah, so married at... First sight, great. Our friend Ben is watching the current season that's on TV. He's not even watching it on Hulu. Oh, good. I wasn't sure that they were still doing them. No, they are. And he says it's great. It's in New Orleans. Of course it is. Oh, New Orleans. He's super into it. So, uh, you know, if you guys want to watch the one that's going on now. And when's Ben's birthday? Today? Yesterday. Yesterday. Happy birthday, Ben. So I plan on getting him drunk and watching Married at First Sight with him. Um, so I watched a movie that was really great that I want to recommend to everybody called Queen and Slim. It is so fucking good. I've heard of it. I'm trying to. So what's. I remember it's, wanting to see it. It's funny that it. I watched it this week because um, this week, guys, we are doing. I have to hold on. I have to look at my notes from their names. We are doing the murder spree of Charles Starkweather and Carol Ann Fugate. Okay. which inspired the movie Badlands, which Bailey's doing yep. this week. But it also inspired Natural Born Killers, yep. which is one of my favorite movies. Great movie. Um, Bee's watched it a bunch of times. That's why she wanted to do the movie that neither one of us had seen, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. So you think of Natural Born Killers and you think of Mickey and Mallory. Queen and Slim is the exact opposite Natural Born Killers. Okay. It's um, Queen and Slim are both african-american people a man and a woman they go out on a tinder date i think it's tinder or whatever match Mm -hmm. uh, you know an internet date she calls him queen calls him onto a date that's where you that's where they start the movies in a diner Mm -hmm. having the most awkward fucking date ever uh queen has given off major cold bitch vibes just freezing him out and he's like why did you call me on this date like what are we doing yeah she's a defense lawyer a defense attorney she had a really bad day one of one of her um clients i guess was found guilty and so she was just kind of bummed out and she's like i just don't want to go home and be alone he's like great so you invited me out just to be a bitch to me perfect fantastic and he's super cool guy um he's played by he's it's so good i wrote it down i cannot say his last name so that's just the way it's gonna be guys daniel kaluuya he's from get out and from black panther okay and um her name is Jody Turner Smith. 
So, um, who had a baby with Joshua Jackson? Oh, is that Joshua Jackson's yes. baby mama? Okay. All Love right, Joey. We see you. We watched Dawson's Creek. Hell you know yeah, what's girl. Up. Mm. Um, so then they're driving home from their awkward date, and she like grabs his phone to do something, and so he goes to grab it back, and they swerve. Now they're pulled over because they swerved yep. a little bit. Yep. White police officer, super Aggie, pulls him out. And he's being super compliant. Um, and she's actually being more defensive because that's she's a lawyer. So yeah. she's like, you she's she knows her rights. She's spitting out all of her jargon and mm-hmm. all of her rights, and you can't do this, you can't do that. And like he searches the car and and Slim gives him full permission because otherwise he would need a warrant, right? Right? Because it's a locked trunk. He's like, Nope, I'll unlock it for you. You know, like you can search it and that and she's I like I know I'm innocent. Yeah, but yeah. she's like, Don't do that, don't do this, I'm his lawyer, blah, 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 blah. And so she and um, it's super cold. It's winter time. It's snowing. And so Slim, all he does is he asks, can we, like, there's nothing in my car, obviously. Can we hurry up? It's really cold out here. And he's, like, warming up his hands. And the police officer is mad that he asked for anything, period. Uh, that he even spoke. Yeah. And so then he, Slim goes to put, like, I think his hands in his pocket because he's really cold. Yeah. And so now the police officer is tackling him, arresting him, mm-hmm. putting his knee on his back. All that shit. And so uh, Queen gets out. And I, by the way, I don't think in the whole movie they say their actual names. Okay. And they don't call each other Queen and Slim either. So I'm just using that because that's the nickname yeah. of the title of the movie. I don't know if they ever say their They might. I'll have to rewatch it. Yeah. I do that all the time. Um, and so she gets out of the car and she's like, I have the right to record this. I'm just, and she tells him, I'm grabbing my cell phone. I have the right to record this. She gives him all the yeah. lawyer jargon. He pulls a gun on her, and as soon as she goes to reach in and grab her cell phone, he shoots her in the leg. Ooh. So now, of course, Slim goes into shock, and he, like, tackles the police officer, and the police officer starts choking him, and so Slim grabs the gun, and it fires into the police officer, kills him, and now your life's over, right? That's what I told Lou. I'm like, just kill yourself at this point. Like, What do you do? There's no way they're going to believe you if there's a murdered police, op- a shot police officer. And especially if you're a black man, mm-hmm. no way is, are they going to fucking hear you out on this one. Um, and so she steps up and she's like, nope, we got to go. We got to run right now. And he's like in shock and she forces him into the car and they take off. And now, and now it's a Bonnie and Clyde movie. It's a road movie. Damn, how perfect. Because they take off without anything. Clothes, money, nothing. Yeah. So he like, has to politely rob some people which he hates doing because he's a man of god he's very he has a lot of morals he's a good person and he's yeah not wanting this life at all well he's with a lawyer now and And so they go on a run and of course they end up falling for each other Mm -hmm. right and so that's great sex scene in that movie okay we're talking titties and mouth yeah sex scene like they're going for it okay and uh it's a great movie i'm not gonna tell you guys how it ends but it's one of my favorite movies i've watched in at least the last couple years. Awesome. Great movie. Definitely check it out. Very uh, appropriate for the times we're living in. Mm-hmm. Hey, how about we arrest those guys who killed Breonna Taylor? You so know. anyways, we have follow-ups from last week. <laughs> Only one follow-up, the most important one. Yeah. How many football fields are in a square mile? <laughs> now. Fucking stupid. I had, I had, I had texted my husband and I asked him how big a square mile was. And he had shot back like 500 and some change. I can't remember what the so number was. So confident. I think it was like 561. American football fields 
in a square mile. If Bailey and I, our minds were blown. We're like, that's a lot of fucking football fields. <laughs> he was incorrect, guys, as I'm sure you all know. Um, I Googled it. He wasn't off by much, though. Apparently, a square mile, inside of a square mile, which apparently a square mile is all four sides, is a, is a mile. Mm-hmm. It's a square mile. It's a square mile. Mm-hmm. And so the area inside of a square mile is 27,878,400 square feet. Which? Which equals 484 American football fields. Which is still ridiculous. Still pretty big, and he wasn't too far off. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go, guys. That's right. how much a one. And then we found out that that state forest in Australia was 14 square miles. So yeah. 14 times 484. So yeah. whatever that is. I just love that you automatically believed him. I know. <laughs> like, no question in your mind. I know, dude. I'm sorry. That's so good. I guess no, I'm that's too codependent. That says a lot more about your relationship. <laughs> no, it means I started dating when I was too young and my frontal cortex was right, not, not fully, fully developed, developed yet. So I just believe whatever he says like a sucker. All right. Anything else you want to talk about? Well, I didn't watch, like, a good movie, according to most people, but I really enjoyed it. The Binge. Mm. Which is a take on the purge. Oh, is it like um like a satirical one? Yes. So instead of being able to like just break the law or whatever, um, you get to go just ball out on drugs and alcohol. Okay, and hope you survive. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. And it was really cute. So you didn't watch Santa Clarita Diet, but I did, and I really enjoyed it. And there's a young male character on that show who's also in the movie, and I hey. just adore him. Love it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was just a fun movie. The binge. Mm-hmm. That's what we need sometimes. Yeah. Just just I mean, a lighthearted. That's I, why we watch Married at First Sight. Just I, something easy to digest. Exactly. I know. Nick was like, "Well, what are you in the mood for?" And I'm like, "Something stupid that my brain just doesn't have to work, and that might actually put a smile on my face." Hey. <laughs> and that's what you got. That was exactly. Was it on what, Netflix? Who knows? Oh, is on Nick's yeah setup. Who knows? Well, look for it, guys. The binge. All right, so this week we are doing The Murder Spree of Charles Starkweather and Carol Ann Fugate. And I love I got the name Carl Starkweather. Charles, Charles. Starkweather. Oh, okay. Carl would have been Carl better, and Carol. Still, yeah. <laughs> and Charles Stark- Starkweather already sounds a little bit like a weather name, mm-hmm. like a made up weather name. Right. Um, so almost everything came from an, a great article on medium.com written by Lori Johnston. And guys, I got to be honest, there's going to be whole sections where I'm basically just reading her article. So, so thanks, Lori. Thanks, Lori. She spells it like your mom spells her name. Yep. Um, you did a fantastic article. That's why I'm ripping you off so blatantly. You did a great job. Thank you so much. Wonderful writing. But I did get just a couple of things from Wikipedia. So you got to mention that. You know, we got to throw that in there. But because it was so much of Lori's article, I had B printed up at work for me because I was too lazy to hand write it all out. And... Bailey's work apparently <laughs> frowns upon what they deem to be inappropriate emails. So B handed me my printed notes today. And at the very top, this is not from me. This is her work, hacked her email and put at the top, notice to recipient, this email may contain words that could be considered offensive or inappropriate, but was allowed to be delivered for business purposes. <laughs> 
If you respond to this email, please delete any language that may be offensive or inappropriate and does not serve an important business purpose in your response. This message should be forwarded only if required for business purposes. Coming so. from the THC at <laughs> Gmail or whatever. It's so good for business purposes. This is for business purposes. Mm-hmm. So uh, I apologize to Bailey's work for the inappropriate email I sent her. Uh, but don't worry. This is our business. Yeah. So it is for business purposes and i didn't forward it so <laughs> that'd be hilarious you send it to hr you're like is this appropriate right, my bad there's no cussing in it mm-hmm. it's just about murder oh my gosh so i gotta tell you guys this happens in the 1950s and i guess i'm a little biased because i was like how bad could it get and i was like god natural born killers is really taking some license they did no they didn't they didn't this shit is brutal really okay it's i couldn't my socks were blown off at how crazy this case is oh i'm ready okay all right let's do it so we're gonna start with our man charles starkweather Starkweather. he's born into a working class family in nebraska he's the third of seven children oh my god Um, these children seven children well it's the 50s bro i don't care He's born with a birth defect that causes his legs to be bow-legged, and he also has a speech impediment. So this means that he's teased pretty badly in school, throughout elementary school. But when he gets older to, like, high school level, he starts, like, working out, and he kind of gets in shape. And then... Good for him. Uh, he becomes a he becomes the bully. He has all this rage pent oh. up from these years of being bullied that now he's not taking shit anymore. So... He not only bullies the people who bullied him, but then he starts to harass and assault anyone that he feels threatened by, whether it's because they're taller, better looking, richer, better dressed, etc. Yeah, dick. His high, uh, yeah, his high school friend Bob von Busch would later say about him, he could be the kindest person you ever seen. He would do anything for you if he liked you. He was a hell of a lot of fun to be around too. Everything was just one big joke to him. But he had this other side. He could be mean as hell, cruel. If he saw some poor guy on the street who was bigger than he was, better looking or better dressed, he'd try to take the poor bastard down to his size. Damn. The fact that he says down to his size makes me think that maybe he was a little... Short man complex. Maybe, but, you know. It's also just like a saying, so yeah. Yeah, but the fact that he said, yeah, down to his size makes me think that he was a little... Um, When I first saw pictures of Charles, the first pictures that popped up on Google Image... He looks a little hot. Yeah. He looks a little cute. And then you see some other pictures from a different angle. And you're like, oh, not so much. But there are some good looking pictures of him. But that's the whole thing. Like, he could play it to a point where. Yeah, when he was, like, smiling and stuff, he looked hot. There's, like, a picture of him with Carol. He's got, like, a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. And you're like, oh, I see it. Yeah. But then you see some profile pictures. And you're like, "Mm, maybe not. But I get it. I Mm -hmm, see it. mm -hmm. He was, like, kind of a total greaser looking dude. Yeah. So in 1956, 18-year-old Charles is introduced to 13-year-old Carol. She's a so pe- 18, 13. Okay. She's a pretty, and this is the 50s. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure it probably wasn't great, but it wasn't like nowadays. That's pretty harsh. Um, she's petite. She's pretty. Um, uh, brunette. Her older sister was the girlfriend of one of Charles's friends, and so that's how he met her. Mm-hmm. And he's so obsessed with her that he drops out of school his senior year of high school and he gets a job at a warehouse because it's near Carol's junior high school. So he can see her every day. Um, Now, he's like obsessed with James Dean. Yep. 
he loves the movie Rebel Without a Cause. Mm-hmm. So he dresses like him. He wears his black leather motorcycle jacket, um, black and white cowboy boots. And he even sometimes covers his naturally red hair with black shoe polish. Mm-hmm. And he has the total slicked back, feathered back, greaser hairdo. Yep. He he plays it to the nines. He really loves that guy. Um, he teaches Carol how to drive. But she eventually crashes his car, oh my God. which is technically his father's car, and they crash into another car. So Charles's father, who's the legal owner, has to pay the damages, and this leads to a fight between Charles and his dad, and uh, Charles's dad kicks him out of the house. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Charles quits his warehouse job in favor of a... He becomes like a garbage collector mm-hmm. and his new job gives him the opportunity to scout out homes for robberies, which he's planning, but he never actually gets around to doing them. Um, but he does begin to yell, go to hell to <laughs> and other obscenities at strangers as he uh, that he encounters on his garbage route, which I think is. Hilarious. Oh, my God. Uh, I think that's funny. Um, so this takes us to a man named Robert Colvert who's 21 years old. He's recently been discharged from the U.S. Navy, and he married his high school sweetheart, and they're expecting their first child. He's described as a loving and caring man who was easygoing and quick to laugh. He worked nights at a gas station in Lincoln, Nebraska, and in the early hours of December 1st, 1957, Charles goes to the Crest Service Station where Robert works, and he's trying to buy a stuffed animal for Carol on credit, and Bobby refuses him. So enraged, Charles leaves and comes back around 3 a.m. with a shotgun. He demands money from the register. He gets about $100. And then he abducts Robert Colvert. Charles drives him to a desolate road where Robert figures that Charles is going to kill him, uh, starts to fight for his life. um, And then Charles puts the shotgun to Robert's head and pulls the trigger. Okay. Later on, while Robert lays in a field where he died, Charles went to a thrift shop where he bought shoes and a jacket, shirts, undershirts, and with the money he just got. And rather than being scared by his new foray into murder, Charles feels empowered. He believes he has this new existence, a new reason for being that he could kill with impunity, which you know that's Lori's word, not mine. Yeah. Uh, And he discovers this new philosophy that, quote, unquote, dead people are all on the same level yeah so this whole thing about how he's trying to get other trying to bring people down to his level and try to level out the playing Mm -hmm. field this is his new way of making that happen by just killing people and then everyone's equal if everyone's dead wow yeah okay all right so police initially suspect that robert colbert the man at the gas station had been killed by a transient person and as a result they don't really investigate it so Charles gets away with it. Okay. Empower Um, him even more. Right. Mm -hmm. January 1958, Charles loses his job. Not good. On the 21st of January, he goes over to Carol's home looking for her. She was reportedly at school, but there's a lot in this story that you're going to... They go back and forth between um, Charles's story and Carol's story. Okay. So... He said... Reportedly, she's at school. Yeah. Carol's stepfather, Marion Bartlett, 57, and her mother, Velda Bartlett, 36, which, by the way, maybe there's an age gap right? for you. Yeah. 57 and 36 um, are home with their two-year-old daughter, Betty Jean. Neither parent liked 
Charles. He's moody and kind of weird. And so they actually order him to get out and to stay away from their daughter. Yeah. Just point blank period. Yeah. Um, you know, trigger alert <laughs> for the yeah. following. I'm uh, guessing that really went over well. Marion Bartlett was shot in the head. Yeah. Velda Bartlett was shot in the face and bludgeoned with the rifle. Um, there's a dispute as to exactly when Betty Jean was killed. Betty Jean being the, the baby. baby. Some say she was initially spared, but her crying got on the nerves of both Charles and Carol, and that Charles threw a knife at her and struck her and killed her. Others say that Charles bludgeoned, strangled, and stabbed poor sweet Betty Jean before Carol returned home from school. Regardless of who died first, all three bodies are placed in outbuild outside buildings from the house. Marion, the stepdad, is in the chicken coop. Velda is in the outhouse, and sweet Mary Jean is just thrown in the trash. Or sorry, Mary Jean, Betty, Betty Jean. Jean. I'm That's so sorry, Betty Jean. Bizarre. Okay. Yes. So the teenage couple then live in the house for the next six days. <clears throat> oh, okay. And gotcha. Charles says that they live like kings. The proximity of the three dead bodies seemed not to concern them. T Carol turns away visitors, even um, her concerned family members, because no one. So even Carol's just kind of rolling with it. Yes. Gotcha. Carol. So what happens is at the end, Robert, um, Robert, Charles swears that Carol has been down for this since the beginning. She's been down to ride. It's his ride or die. She's yeah. been doing just as much shit as he was doing. And she knew about everything. Okay. Of course, Carol has a different story. She plays it that she's another of his victims yeah. that she's been manipulated and and forced to ride along with these things but that she never actually did anything so yeah. um i don't know what the proof is to whose story okay. but um charles says that they live like kings that they both know about the dead bodies that the proximity of the dead bodies don't matter to them carol turns away visitors um including concerned family members including her grandmother sister and brother-in-law and even charles's own brother by claiming that the entire family was sick with the flu okay had this been like your friends and family do you think you could just easily turn them away like after six days no answers some like what do you mean if somebody's said that to me and it's been six days i haven't talked to somebody yeah like i don't think that my friend like for instance you i don't think you'd take it that easy easily no. if you came to my house looking for me and was oh no like you can't yeah. see her no, no no yeah and like especially if it like, was like her grandma like yeah. really you're just gonna be like no grandma i'm sick well especially and so is everybody like it's i talk to my mom every day on the yeah. phone so if I haven't talked to my mom for a week and then I'm getting shut out at her house right. and I can't get a hold of her at you all know. and nobody will let me see her. Yeah. It's going to be a big problem. You know. Yeah. Okay. And it is a big problem for Carol's grandmother. Thank you. They, I knew it was the fucking grandma. Yeah. She's worried. So she threatens to call the police. And I think she does. I'm not sure. Um, so then Charles and Carol, they decide to leave. In Charles's car, they drive 15 miles out of Lincoln to the small town of Bennett where... Uh, the Starkweather family, Charles's family, has a friend by the name of August Meyer. Um, Charles's car gets stuck in the mud, and he and Carol go to August's uh, farmhouse. They walk mm -hmm. the rest of the way to the farmhouse to get help. August Meyer was a lifelong bachelor, a quiet and gentle man who lived simply as a farmer. He offered his horses to assist Charles in pulling his car out of the mud. And it was while the teenagers were following the 70-year-old man into the barn to get the horses that Charles shot and killed August Meyer and then 
another trigger warning, beat Meyer's dog to death. Oh, man. Yes. Ugh. Later that same night, this is January 27th, 1958, a kind and unsuspecting couple pick up Charles and Carol who were walking at this point. They never, I guess they never got that car out of the yeah. mud. Maybe they should have waited till after the horses and getting the car out of the mud before they decided to kill this Selfish. sweet guy. Mm-hmm. The couple is Robert Jensen, 17, and Carol King, 16. Uh, Charles was at first charming, but once he got in the couple's car, this feels like Rider's Liberty. How do they? They know. Maybe Carol told them. Yeah. Maybe Carol told the uh, the whoever. Anyways, it says in this in Lori's article, <laughs> Charles was at first charming, but once he got into the couple's car with Carol in tow, he turned vicious. He ordered... Uh, Robert Jensen to drive to an abandoned storm cellar in Bennett still this the town mm-hmm. and the couple are forced from the car into the cellar Robert Jensen is shot in the back of the head six times by Charles who then turned his attention to Carol King an attempt to rape her was unsuccessful she was shot once in the head before being stabbed in the abdomen and pubic area Ooh. Starkweather Damn. would later claim that while he did kill Jensen it was Carol Fugate who, in a jealous rage, overseeing Charles's attention on the pretty girl, killed her. Um, Fugate claimed she stayed in the car while Charles did all of the killing. Sure. So now our couple, Charles and Carol, leave Bennett in Robert Jensen's vehicle and head back to Lincoln. The plan was to find a suitable house in which to hide out. It's now January 28th, and... Um, the home of C. Lauer Ward, a wealthy industrialist in the country club area of Lincoln, was chosen by Carol herself. Laurel and his wife, Clara, Clara, are the parents of Michael, who's away at school, but he is 14 years old, so he's Carol's age. Um, Charles and Carol tie up Clara Ward, as well as her deaf maid, Lillian Fensel, who's 51, they take turns sleeping so their prey would remain guarded. At one point, Clara Ward and Lillian Fensel are killed. That's all it says. Um, Clara was stabbed. Oh, nope. Just kidding. Clara was stabbed in the neck and chest. Lillian was tied to a bed and stabbed. When Laurel Ward, the husband, returns home, he's shot to death. They become the ninth, 8th, ninth, and 10th victims. Now, before leaving Lincoln in the Ward's 1956 Packard, and with a stolen jewelry from the house, Charles Starkweather snaps the neck of the family dog. He would later claim that while he threw a knife at Lillian Fensel, it was Carol who had inflicted multiple stab wounds on the woman killing her. The plan had been to head for Washington State, where Charles Starkweather's brother lived. Now, here we go. The discovery of the ward's bodies and that of Lillian Fensel create outrage in the community. Everyone's freaking out, of course. You think? Yeah. Law enforcement agencies throughout the region band together, performing house-by-house searches, looking for the perpetrators. When they fail to find any suspects, block-by-block searches of the city go underway. Several citizens report sightings of Starkweather and Fugate, but nothing's happening. You are blowing my mind right now. How brutal this case is? Yes. It's not even over yet. I can't. Yeah. The discovery... Charles realizes that the ward's car is being looked for, right? Yeah. So 10 hours after leaving Lincoln, they begin looking for a replacement car. They come upon traveling salesman Merle Collinson, 37, 
Um, he's discovered sleeping in his Buick outside of Douglas, Wyoming. Charles taps on the window, awakening him and demands he leaves the vehicle, firing a shot in the side window before unloading the rest of his gun into the man. So okay. why even ask him to leave then? <laughs> right. What was the point of that? You could have just killed him. Absolutely. I mean, you the nerve to wake him up first. Wouldn't you rather just die? Just die in your sleep? Yes. Are you kidding me? Absolutely. Oh, a my thousand Lord. percent. Just shoot him. Yeah. Whatever. I'm not going to talk about which way to kill a person is better. That's <laughs> Um, Charles would later claim that his gun jammed and it was Carol that issued the kill shots to Merle. Nine shots in total. So now Charles stalls out this guy's Buick um, trying to restart the engine. Apparently, like, I guess e-brakes were a new thing and he didn't know that. So he was trying okay. to start it without taking like the brake off or yeah. something like that. Okay. Um, passing motorist Joe Sprinkle, another great name. Oh my goodness! First Paul Onions, now, now Joe jo Sprinkle. I love this. Joe we Sprinkle need to, like, create recipes for these. He, he's a bad motherfucker. <laughs> Seeing these two car stops, he pulls over to help. Um, Charles, confused by the new parking brake, yep. Um, asks Sprinkle for assistance. Sprinkle notices. The original, the motorist's Collison's body stuffed under the <gasps> dashboard. Stop it right now. And was confronted with Charles's gun. Larger than Charles by a good half a foot, our boy Sprinkle decides to put up a fight and manages to wrestle the gun away. Fuck yeah, Sprinkle. It was then that County Deputy, County Deputy Sheriff William Romer came upon the scene as I'm going to say Romer. As Romer exited his vehicle, Carol jumps out of the car and runs toward him screaming, he's going to kill me. He's crazy. He just killed a man. That's how quick Carol flips on this motherfucker. Of course. I'm not surprised. Charles, now unarmed, jumps into the car. I guess he figured out the brake situation and heads back towards the town. Yeah. Romer, upon being told by Carol that the escaping man was the Charles Starkweather, stays behind and radios for help. And uh, the police set up a roadblock at the city limits and Charles blows through it, leading authorities on a hundred mile. I didn't even know cars could go this fast this back then. This is crazy. A 100 mile per hour chase. I want to see this movie. Through the streets of Douglas, which I'm assuming Douglas, Nebraska's. Or is it Wyoming? I'm assuming Douglas, Wyoming know. is a small town. Could you imagine a hundred mile no. per hour chase through Douglas? No. Officers fire shots at Starkweather's vehicle, finally striking it just east of town. With the back window shattered, Charles slams on the brakes, coming to a screeching halt. A bullet fired by Sheriff Earl Heffin shatters the windshield and flying glass cuts Starkweather deep enough to cause bleeding. He stops and surrenders. Converse County Sheriff Earl Heflin says, quote, he thought he was bleeding to death. He stopped and surrendered. Uh, that's why he stopped. That's the kind of yellow son of a bitch he was. Oh. So he's talking mad shit about Charles Starkweather. Yeah. Um, but Charles claims that he gave up because he was out of ammunition. Right. So. The next day, January 29th, 1958, Charles Starkweather appears before a Wyoming judge to be charged with Merle Collinson's murder and is extradited to Nebraska. 
On the 31st of January, Charles is returned to Nebraska to face trial, which begins in May. Against his wishes, his attorneys offer an insanity defense. The jury, however, doesn't buy it, and on May 23, 1958, he's found guilty and sentenced to death for the murder of Robert Jensen. Death by? Oh, I guess maybe for Merle Collin. I don't know. Um, I We'll get there. Okay. I don't actually know why. Maybe there'll be a follow-up. And I'm a little confused because the article says that he's charged with the murder of Merle Collinson, but that he's sentenced to death for the murder of Robert Jensen. And I know that he only went down for one murder. Oh. So I don't know if that's like a typo on our sweet Lori's part. Interesting. But that'll be a follow-up for next week. We'll okay. find out. Okay. I won't. Yeah. Carol Ann Fugate's journey through the legal system wouldn't be a straightforward. Nervous and upset and said to be in a state of shock at the time of her surrender. <laughs> She was sedated at the jail in Douglas. The following morning, she cried for her mother and wondered why she wasn't allowed to call her parents. Carol claims that she had broken up with Charles on the Sunday, January 19th, the Sunday before he showed up to kill her parents. She would also claim that her family was dead when she arrived home in stark weather after telling her they were being held hostage. Told Carol herself she would be killed if she didn't go along. So I guess what she's saying is, her family must have already been dead when she got there, but Charles lied to her and said, nope, I'm just keeping them hostage, and if you want to live, you'll come along and do what I tell you to do. Right. That's Carol's story. Um, County Sheriff Earl Heflin initially believed that Carol had no idea her family was dead. On Friday, January 31st, the same day that Charles was sent back to Nebraska, she was told her family had been killed, and she is reported to have had a breakdown about it. Charles told law enforcement at this stage that Carol was a hostage and had nothing to do with the crime spree. Natrona County Sheriff William... Oh, my God. There's still two more pages, guys. <laughs> I'm almost done. I swear to God. William Romer, the man that Carol had surrendered to, disputed this. He stated that Carol had admitted to him that she knew her family was dead and had watched them die. The sheriff at Converse County, Earl Heflin, backed up these claims by saying that when she was finally taken into custody, Carol had a clipping in her pocket about her family's murders. So she... She fucking knew. She knew. Nebraska prosecutors responded by charging her with murder. By the time Carol went to trial, Charles had been had already changed his story and now claims that she was an active participant in the killings and had personally murdered some of the victims herself. When her trial starts in November 1958, she became the youngest female in U.S. history to be charged with first-degree murder. Charles was brought from... How old are we right now? How old is she? She's still 14. This still, is still 1958. 14. Okay. Goddamn. Starkweather was brought from prison to testify against his former girlfriend. Despite Carol's claims that she was an innocent victim, neither the judge overseeing her trial nor the jury believed her, and Carol was convicted of murder and sentenced to life in prison on November 21st. 1958. Damn. I take some of my wine. Hold on. Right? Seriously. This is so much. I'm sorry. It's so long, guys. I'm almost done. On 12.04 a.m. on June 25th, 1959, Charles Starkweather was executed in the Nebraska electric chair. Yep. Okay. He went to his death believing that if he deserved to die, so did Carol. Ooh. So what a 180 they did yeah. there. Yeah. Now, Sheriff William Romer continued to believe um, that she that Carol was an active participant 
guilty in this crime spree. He recalled that once in custody, Carol had told him that she and Charles made up a story to make her look good and to evade punishment. They even planted rope burns on her wrists by tying her up and rubbing the ropes really good so she could look as if she'd been restrained. While incarcerated, Carol was considered a model prisoner. She was paroled in 1976 after serving nearly 18 years and left Nebraska for Michigan. She worked as a janitorial assistant and chose to live a quiet life. She's not spoken ever again of the events of 1958. She married later in life and still lives in Michigan. She reminds me of Carla motherfucking Homolka. Oh, my God. It's Carla all over. She's 77 years old. I can't. I guess the one glaring difference is Carol really was 14 and Carla was, was a, a little bit older. Was an adult, yeah. Um, but yes, strong Carla strong Homolka vibes. Carlo, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, you can believe what you want about Carol, but... Carla. <laughs> Carla, Carol. In 2012, a copy of an investigative file on the Starkweather case was unearthed. Belonging mm. to Robert G. Anderson, a Lancaster County deputy sheriff in Nebraska, the file indicated that Charles Starkweather and Carol... Fugate had come to a service station near Roca, Nebraska in January on January 27th. So this is like when they're doing all their shit. Yeah. Around 1 p.m. While Charles had been conversing with the mechanics about repairing a tire, Carol had sat in the attached diner waiting for her order of four hamburgers. God damn. Killing works up an appetite. According to the wit to the waitress, the teen watched Um, The teen watched the waitress intently, but never indicated that she had been kidnapped or was in any distress. The waitress recalled that during the 15 or so minutes Carol sat at the diner counter, there were at least three men that were also sitting at the counter. She said nothing to any of them. She only watched the waitress intently. That morning, August Meyer had been murdered, and after Carol and Charles left the diner and the service station, Robert Jensen and Carol King would also become victims. Yeah. So I guess this is maybe in between mm-hmm. killings. I'm not sure. The Charles Starkweather and Carol Fugate killing spree was the first of its kind in the new era brought about by television. Reporters and journalists flooded Wyoming and Nebraska, broadcasting to its viewers the horrible details of the violence that Charles left in his wake. With the help of these news broadcasts, Nebraska and its surrounding regions lived in a state of fear for the week or so that Charles was loose. And these went on to spur the movies Badlands, Natural Born Killers, and one that I've never watched, California with a K. Ooh. California. So that is the murder spree, the long, intense murder spree of Charles Starkweather and Carol Ann Fugate. See? It was more intense than you thought it was going to be. I feel like Badlands is the Disney version of the story that you just told. Dang! It's not as intense. I mean, they kill enough people, but it's 1973, and it's just... Everyone's killing people in 1973. I don't know. But I will say, now, Natural Born Killers is an out-there movie. Mm-hmm. It's a little crazy. It's a little, um, God, almost like hallucinogenic. Yeah. But a lot of the bones in Natural Born Killers is this fucking story. And I do. I get that, 100%. Except mm-hmm. for at the end... Mickey and Mallory are real ride or dies and they don't flip on each other like Carol and Charles do. Yeah, well, Kit and Holly, (laughs) (laughs) they got their own story. Okay, so we got Holly, 15. 
Yes. Played by Sissy Spacek. Yep. And and this movie was made in the 70s or 1973. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it was before or after Coal Miner's Daughter. Oh, and then we've got Kit Martin Sheen. 25. Whoa. 25. That's crazy. All right. And he is. He's a, I think they refer to him as like a garbage sl- slinger. Ooh. Because he's the one that grabs the bags off the street and like slings it into the truck. Yep. And he's got his eye on Little Miss Holly. So weird. So weird. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, ta- like, take a walk with me. She's like, I really shouldn't. Like, my dad wouldn't approve. You know, you're from the other side of the tracks, basically. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, that's why he wouldn't improve. Not because there's a weird age yeah. <laughs> She was infatuated with him though like thought that he was the sexiest man Mm -hmm. alive Mm -hmm. right obviously and she was kind of like like not popular in school Mm -hmm. i wouldn't say outcast but just not popular and so to get that kind of attention obviously it made her feel special Mm -hmm. and so they start their relationship on the dl and she loses her virginity to him Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to think. So her dad finds out about the relationship. And so he, like, forbids them from seeing each other. Kid's like, okay. Which makes it instantly hotter. Right. And instantly she's in love with him. Right. So Kid's like, all right, cool, Pops. So he goes to the house, packs up all of her shit. She's not even there. She's like at some fucking Bible camp because dad's mm-hmm. like put her in so many after school activities to keep them away yeah. from each other. Packs up all the shit and dad's like, um, excuse me. And Kit pulls a gun on him. And the dad's like, dude, fuck you. Like, you don't scare me. Walks downstairs and goes to call the police. And Kit shoots him three times in the chest. Mm-hmm. He's on the ground. She comes home. And she sees all of this and she's like, well, don't you think we should call a doctor? And he's like, oh, he's not going to need a doctor. And she's just like, oh, hmm. <laughs> like just super casual about like, oh, well, OK, well, if there's nothing we can do, then I guess we should just pack up some stuff and then maybe get out of here. <laughs> and I will say, um, I think Oliver Stone directed Natural Born Killers. The one redeeming factor, if there is one, which there's not too many demeaning or demeaning, uh, redeeming things about Mickey and Mallory, mm-hmm. is in the original case that I just talked about, it sounded like he just killed her parents because they pissed him off and they were trying to keep him separated. In yes. your movie, same thing. Right. In Natural Born Killers, um, Mallory's dad was really abusive and I think maybe sexually abusive. And so it's like, you know. Should you kill somebody? No, but if there's ever a time. Right. It puts a different spin on it. Yes. Makes him a little bit more of an anti-hero than just a no, piece of shit. No, this dad's a good dad. Yeah. He, he's a fucking single Our dad. Our boy Kit is just a piece of shit. Right. He's trying to do the best for his daughter, and Kit's just like, you can't stand in my way. I'm Could gonna... you imagine? What do you do? Yeah, what do get... you do? I mean, I guess the goal is to raise girls who won't do that, Fall. but you never know. Right. I mean, what happens when your 15-year-old daughter brings home like a 25 year old dude what like literally what do you do an exorcism (laughs) i mean lock them in a cage duct tape her into a closet never let her out again i have a feeling this is gonna happen to me so 
I don't think so, B. Think, I don't think so at all. I think you're going to raise an amazing person. Who did I take to senior ball? But How that's your was- problem. Your parents are different than you guys are. Well, yeah. You're- but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I was 18. He was 25, I think. But it's still different because you were 18. It is different because I was 18. But, like, I had to have written permission to let this 25-year-old <laughs> escort us to our fucking senior I know, ball. But he, he could- also acted like an... He 19 year old as do all 25 year old men i mean come on let's get real Anyways. i know dude i just i have no idea what to do because i know for a fact that if you make it something forbidden oh it, uh, it's happening oh now it's romeo and juliet no, now it's you're bonnie and clyde mm-hmm. and that's why i think as long as you're just super honest and open about all of it it's really not that attractive and maybe i'll just scare her away from the whole idea here's hoping man mm-hmm. i got two girls one says that she likes other girls so i'll just talk about sex so much and just expose her to so much penis talk that she'll never want to see one mm-hmm. <laughs> Yep. I know. I think that's going to be more our route because I don't want to mention names on the podcast, but I have people who are really close to me in my life. I love them so much. They, um, you know, they weren't like cra- They weren't like our parents, but they were very, you know, they're outgoing social people. They don't mind partying a little bit. You know, they don't mind the sexy talk and whatever. And so because they're such outgoing, kind of fun loose open people like we are are. they also like really super young grandparents (laughs) no that's the opposite yeah okay their kids they their two girls are super conservative yeah because they well especially their oldest the the second one isn't so much but the point is is that like the the oldest one is so is so conservative that they're like they almost don't know how to handle it at Mm -hmm. first and I feel like that would be us. Like our girls will end up so the opposite of us because you do the opposite of your parents. Anytime we bring it up, they're just going to be like, no, stop talking about it. <laughs> and they'll just shelter we'll themselves like, from it. And Like I would be more worried about them like judging me. Yeah. And I'm like, why don't you go get in a little bit of trouble? You know, not a lot of trouble. A and little to bit be of trouble. fair, I'm more concerned about the boys or girls that come into my child's life because shoo, good luck with that guys <laughs> or girls <laughs> we're raising a mini bailey over here and i'm, I'm here for it yeah it's gonna it's gonna be whew. it's anyway. gonna be great that's what we want that's so, what sissy spacek needed a defi- shot of. i'm definitely not raising a holly who's just gonna be like oh my dad's done okay let's pack up Could you? oh my god <laughs> right let's just pack up and hit the road it's not traumatizing at all but he's like hold up you gotta stay back at the house he goes somewhere i don't know if it's like a laundromat or like a dollar store or whatever there's it looks like a phone booth and the only reason i'm bringing it up is because just watching it just blew my mind it's like a phone booth looking thing and he walks into it and you get to pay to make a recording and it like records it onto a record yeah yeah okay i've never but it was at a laundromat i don't know it was like at some Random store downtown. You can still do that at um, um, Jack White. You know, the he was the lead singer of the White Stripes. Yeah. And now he's his own solo act. Yeah. He owns a record store. I don't can't remember the name. I'll do a follow up next week. I swear to God. But anyways, he owns a record store. He owns a he actually owns a record company that only releases vinyl records. Okay. They don't release anything but, on mm-hmm. MP3 or whatever. Um, and you can go to his actual record store and use that thing. And a few years ago, oh, fuck, not Willie Nelson. What's an old? What's an old kind of rocker? He hates the government, and he, oh fuck! If my husband's listening, he's screaming at me. 
Anyways, he recorded. He's a big deal. He's yeah. a really big deal. Yeah. And he recorded his whole album in that booth. Okay. At Jack White's store. Love it. So there you go. I've never seen anything like this. And he basically confesses to the killing. He's just, On record? Yes. Okay. He's But he spins it that the dad's the aggressor. He came at me. Of course. He didn't like the relationship between me and his daughter, so he came at me. And so when he goes back to the house, he's got this record and a fucking can full of gas. They set the house on fire with his body in it with that record playing on repeat. But the house fire destroys the record? Yeah. All right. So I feel that's he's like almost cocky. It's like he wanted to get it out there and like almost leave a clue. But then he knew that he wouldn't because he's covering his tracks. It was fucking weird. Interesting part of the movie for me. And they take off. And I swear to God, they live in a tree house. (laughs) A mother. The pimpest tree house of all the tree houses. I did not know what you were going to say, but it wasn't tree house. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to, I was going trailer. No, tree house. They like move into the forest. All right, Swiss Family Robinson. And they build this elaborate fucking tree house with all the stuff they brought from the what house. What movie is this? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a fever dream. Right? And they're like fishing and they've got chickens. Where does this take place? I, I didn't Where'd they get the chickens? I didn't know. <laughs> Because you and I know that there's a whole process to oh, getting chickens. Oh, chickens are not. They're fucking fast. And you have to raise yeah. chickens. Mm-mm. No, they've got these little chicken, like three chickens under this little like grass net thing that they weave. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that they wove. I was like woven, weaved. Yeah. Uh-huh. What? I can't. I can't believe the direction this movie's taking. Mm-hmm. I was with you till till Treehouse got involved. Right. And so at this point, like they spend day and night together 24 7 and so they're really starting to get on each other's sounds fucking nerves. terrible really yeah. trying to get on each other's nerves and they're out fishing one day fishing and holly oh in like her internal monologue or whatever she's all like yeah i remember this date clearly thinking if he would only just fall into the river <laughs> and drown <laughs> yep same girl oh my god and i just loved that so much but anyways they get spotted while where they're fishing oh you mean the treehouse wasn't suspicious at all <laughs> no the treehouse was not but them fishing was and at this point on the news it's reported that there was only one body found in the house mm-hmm. so they knew the daughter was out somewhere and they pieced it together oh was he a single dad yeah oh i missed that part i'm mm-hmm. sorry yeah okay and so eventually like three bounty hunters come Mm. looking for them Mm -hmm. but kit is onto it he sees them coming tells holly to go and hide and he's got like this little booby trap setup thing like you gotta get out of here with this (laughs) can't even he's like hiding under fucking leaves (laughs) (laughs) what I can't make this shit up, man. Oh, oh my God. God. Can you and you know this is so out of my comfort zone. I do not watch these fucking movies. So this This is, sounds like it's right in your pocket of a comfort zone. This movie is fucking crazy. Oh my god. So he kills all three of them. Right, he pops out <laughs> from his trap. From his fucking camouflage trap, like Hunger Games style. Mm-hmm. And he shoots one in the back and he gets one running away and the whole thing. He kills all three of them. And again, he argues that they would have killed me. 
So I had to kill them. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't want to kill them. That's just, I had to. So Holly's like, yeah, totally. I get it. Cool. <laughs> wow, Holly's a real doormat of a person, huh? Mm-hmm. And then they decide to go to his friend's house, who used to sling garbage with him. And this house is on the ground? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. How great it would be if his friend also lived in a tree house. This lines up with one of your killings, right? He, they go to the friend's house and he's For walking help. to get the mm-hmm. car and they shoot him in the back. Yeah. So lines up with this. He tells them that there's like, I don't know, hidden gold on his property. Like <laughs> your face. wasn't as violent no. no this is literally like they took a disney Make movie yeah. and then also just killed people no they have like a rock fight oh in, in the, yep in the dirt but homeboy the friend he he turns their his back on them and like starts creeping back towards the house so kit's like oh motherfucker's gonna narc gotta kill him now <laughs> without any explanation at all shoots him in the back he lives for a while. They keep him in the house alive while they gather their things. Some friends show up, mm. which corresponds with another one of your murders. And they do. They put them in a storm cellar. cellar. And this, oh my God, I can't even with this. He like keeps the door open, but only enough to keep his hand with the gun inside mm. the door. And goes like, <laughs> bang, 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 bang. What is Sissy Spacek doing this whole movie? Not much. <laughs> so this is the easiest acting I've ever, yeah, I've ever had. I just I mean, follow along. Girl, I get it. You're young and it's the 70s, but you really didn't shine in this fucking movie. Okay. Maybe the 70s have something to do with it, but no. you knew me at 14. No. I was a fucking cunt That's at 14. Yes. Are you kidding me? No. no way would this shit be going down under my watch. And so... They steal one of the cars and they drive on and they decide that they need more things. They stop at the mansion mm-hmm. with the deaf maid and they claim to be like repair people. Yeah. And the deaf maid's like, all right, sure. Come on in. The owner is sitting in his, I don't know, library, his study, <laughs> his study, whatever sees that they have a gun and he's so chill Mm. he's just like hey like yeah you need stuff okay like just like don't hurt the maid don't hurt me like Mm -hmm. we're good do what you gotta do put us where you gotta put us whatever so he like locks them in a closet they get to live i was gonna say this is like a smart way to approach the situation yeah just take whatever you want He's like, I don't fucking care. You want the car? Take the car. I didn't I didn't even see you. I don't even know who's talking Mm-mm. to me right now. No. Who, who is this? And Kit fucking like makes a list 
of the things that they stole. Okay. <laughs> like an, an IOU and leaves it behind. Oh, my God. There's a reason you're a garbage. No, I'm not going to say that because garbage men are important. Yes. They're necessary. I, I already take back what I was going to say. But um, they steal his nice ass fucking Cadillac. Oh, sweet. How do I lose a brick lighter? <laughs> no, the lighter. That's right next to me. The size. The size of my hand. I know. Uh, uh, anyway. 90 cell phone is a really great way to describe this lighter, guys. That's true. Yeah, for sure. At least a, like a, a Nokia. A little less bulky. Not so thick. <laughs> oh, my Lord. I cannot believe this movie got greenlit. I can't believe no one thought Treehouse was too extravagant oh, for this Oh, the Treehouse is my favorite fucking part. <laughs> That's amazing. Anyway, so they haul ass out of there and they're driving through like the great plains okay right so it's like super flat nothing to do nothing super to see. grassy <laughs> right it's like deserty though oh okay mm-hmm. so holly's fucking bored yeah and she's so over this she's fuck like i hate this guy i wish that i could see the world like i wish i could <laughs> live a life like which is really saying something for our holly because so far she's been a real right, dead been, fish uh, no for sure She's like, I'm just so over this. I mean, me too. I don't know, actually, though. This is pretty entertaining. And they see a trailer and, like, a guy drilling. I would, the way I picture it, he's, like, drilling for oil. Okay. Out in the middle of fucking nowhere. Like, we're in the Great Plains. Yeah. (laughs) They haven't seen anyone for fucking miles, days, weeks, whatever. Yeah. But they need gas. Yeah. And ta-da! Perfect. Perfect timing. And not only that, when they get out of the car, a fucking helicopter is just in the sky. Just out of nowhere? Just out of fucking nowhere. (laughs) And he's like, we gotta run. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. And she's like, no. She's like, I need to run away from your stupid ass. Yeah, she's like, I don't want to run. And he's pissed, but he's like, I don't have time for this shit. So he, like, gives her a location, a date, a time. He's like, hey, you change your mind. You meet me here. <laughs> Ba-ba-da-ba-do. She's like, all right, motherfucker. Peace out. He takes off in the caddy. She stays behind with the oil guy. And eventually, a sheriff patrol car catches up with him, and they're in, like, a high-speed chase. Okay. And this is very much my outfit inspiration is this whole scene. Okay. And so he hits the car, the patrol car, and flips it. Oh. Like he's. What's he in? What, still the he's caddy. in the caddy. Yep. Mm-hmm. So he flips the patrol car with the caddy. But he's low on gas. And he knows at this point, he's like, well, they've already found me. It's not. If it's not today, it's going to be another day soon. Mm-hmm. Like. I might as well just give myself up. I mean, especially if you're almost out of gas, what are you going to do? And so he stops the car and he's like, fuck it. And he gets out and he holds up his hands and he surrenders. Okay. And he's super chill, super fucking charming. Mm. Like the cops love him. By the way, Martin Sheen back then in the 70s, was he hot? I would like not hot to my taste. 70s, sure. Like he was handsome, handsome for sure. Hot. Handsome, but they all comment like he's given off a James Dean vibe. Oh, even though the picture, he's not dressed anything like James Dean. I'm not feeling it. 
but that's that's the whole thing is they're saying like even though he's this like kid from the bad side of the tracks and he doesn't have much to work with he does have his looks and he does have his charm and he has the ability to like draw people in okay even to the point where they mention that after all this shit goes down and he gets arrested or whatever and he goes to prison they keep him separated from the other prisoners because he's too alluring yes because they didn't want him like creating a gang or something like (laughs) like drawing in these cult members we don't need a middle of nowhere look what he did to holly imagine what he's gonna do to other criminals yeah but holly sounds like she's a couple Mm. crayons short of a full box right and so he does he ends up getting killed by electric chair her fucking story though she gets off super easy I want to just confirm this. I'm pretty sure she gets off with fucking probation. Yeah. She gets off with probation and ends up marrying the son of the lawyer who defended her. There you go, people. And that was it. That's the end? Yeah. Fantastic. Right? Sounds like a great movie. (laughs) I might watch it. I just, I don't even know. I... That just blew my mind. Everywhere I thought you were going to talk about that movie. Now imagine how I felt while you were talking about the case. I'm like, what? Where is this movie? Yo, where is the treehouse? Where is the hunt for gold? (laughs) I'm like, why can't I be watching this right now? But it it took me out of my comfort zone. Okay. You know, I'm not really used to watching these kind of movies. What is it? Why? What is it about it that's out of your comfort zone? Just it's like an older, probably mm. like well, I mean Martin Sheen and Sissy Spacek are like huge actors. Yeah, but I don't think they were back then. I don't know. I think back then they were still okay. I just the way that I look at this movie, I just assume like if I brought it up, I'm all of our parents would know about it. Like, oh yeah, that was a big movie in this dude. Right. But so I don't typically so funny. go for those kind of movies, mm-hmm. right? Because I would be more on the natural born killer side of things. <sighs> Which it sounds like almost like natural born killers might have been closer to the case. And that's why I'm so just like, where the fuck was I? Um, uh. I actually own natural born killers on DVD, uh, director's cut. But I'm such a fucking boomer that I was like, oh, I'll watch it on the laptop while my husband watches Sports whatever. Center or whatever he watches. Laptops fair, don't have... Mm-mm. things for cds anymore i'm such no. a fucking idiot i was like of course they don't it's not 2001 anymore you fucking old ass millennial right i know that's so crazy so i could watch it in my bedroom but i just never got around to it there was football yeah there was football oh, with my boy patrick I was mahomes so surprised i was not expecting football with like fans i know well and they're like spaced out yeah, of course no i get that but i was just i was shocked it will make it clear now b is a niners fan i am a raiders fan and that's just the way our friendship goes but even though the chiefs are big time rivals of my beloved oakland forever raiders i'm a big patrick mahomes fan Aye. i love him i think he's so great i even follow him on instagram so i was excited to see patrick playing again um, I wish he was playing for my team, but he's not. And that's just the way it fucking goes. Um, beautiful. <laughs> my sentiment. The Did you watch the game? No. Great. So you didn't see the part where um, not even anything to do with the anthem or the flag or anything. Before any of that happened, they linked arms and had a moment of unity 
for Black, Black Lives, Lives Matter, Matter. And they booed. And the crowd booed them, which just goes to show it was never about the motherfucking flag. Nope. Those pieces of shit. Yep. <clears throat> you don't want the black people to have unity and to feel like they should have equal rights, but you sure fucking want them to play football for you, right? right. Yeah. Yeah, Get no, because that's all face. they're good for is to just fucking entertain us, our little yep. puppets. And also, I'm half Native American, so the Chiefs can change that name whenever right. they're fucking ready. Yep. My people are not mascots. My people are not caricatures. You can change all that shit. And if you don't like it, Shut off my podcast. Yep. I only have three listeners anyways. I'll do just fine with two. Uh-huh. Anywho. You can shove that feather right up your, you know what. <laughs> yeah, but we are happy for football. I do love football. I was just, yeah, I was. Oh, because Nick also had his um fantasy league or so whatever. Losing yeah. it. Our I husbands like, are. This is happening? We're still doing this? I'm like, this is like normalcy. Well, and because there was no preseason, so there's no like warm You have up. no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when it was like game time, I'm like, oh. Oh, we're just, we're just diving in. Okay, it's yeah. game time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, our husbands are in a fantasy league together. I know at first Lou was happy with his picks, and then like first game, like two or three of his picks were out with injuries already. Yeah. So good times, just the way it goes. Yeah, this will be fun though. There's money on the line. Normally Lou pay uh, plays like no money on the line, so we'll see. Yeah, see who brings home the bacon. It's yeah, that's super fun. Um, the winner last year, I honestly, I don't know if this actually contributed to their divorce. Oh my God. <laughs> so Nick asked me to like make it super sexy. So like we got the. Make what super sexy? The prize money. We got it in like dollar bills mm-hmm. and I sprayed it with perfume Ooh. and I stuffed the envelope with glitter. I was going to say glitter. Yeah. Yes. So like when he opened it, it was a glitter bomb and like I hand wrote the whole mm-hmm. note and the whole thing. And, and she- his wife's all, who the fuck are you playing fantasy football with? Yeah, sure enough. They're divorced. <laughs> I'm sure it was, there was other stuff I'm going on a hundred percent things Bailey but like i know that that, that that definitely didn't fly so. well you know what no offense if you're listening but if you get your panties in that big of a twist over some over fantasy sparkly yeah. scented money you might have dodged a bullet sir you might want to yeah. cut ties as soon as you can because i don't know that feels like a feels like something really crazy to get jealous over so speaking of glitter and scented things. Ooh. Yeah, I'll my, go to the strip club. Let's go. No, my TikTok has got a lot of pole dancing on it mm-hmm. right now. My TikTok has not the opposite, but I don't have the pole dancing. I have the girls coming home from work showing their oh, money. Yeah. I've, Pouring I, that bag out, baby. See, we flopped. I did that first. Yeah. I started with that, and now I'm at the actual dancers mm-hmm. on the pole. So you saw the kitty video. Yes. <laughs> Oh, which is one of my favorites. But yeah, it's like just these girls that are like, oh, yeah, I'll show you the tricks and the mm-hmm. trade and all this. And God damn it, they aren't talented. It just blows my mind. If I was younger. It blows and I was my mind. Not on the path that I had in life. Mm-hmm. I would totally do it. I'm for it. I'm and, fully supportive. And I'm so thankful because where we live, ours is garbage. We yeah. have one. We have one. And it's, it's like a half an hour away. And it's a very small, rural, white town it's, strip club. Yeah, you're hit and miss. Which is funny because that uh, company is my favorite strip club in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So if you ask me, so I've been going to the strip club for years, since I was 18. Yeah. I, I go, we used to go, not all the time, that sounds weird. Right. But we'd go a couple times a year. Right. 
as a couple a with our friends. occasion, a sexy date night, whatever. Um, there was a time before I was 21 when one of our best friends was dating a dancer at our favorite club, mm-hmm. which is 18 and up. So yep. I was, unlike the warehouse, I was there legally. Um, and so we used to go more when that was happening. Yeah. Because we'd go see our, our homeboy's girlfriend. But, um, you know, both of us as friends and as married couples, so we love a good strip club. I love it. So, so much fun. Obviously, we're not going to the city anytime soon to get right. the fix. So it's like, thanks, TikTok. Again, pulling through. Another one TikTok. for the team. Another Just one. Just fulfilling another one of my needs. Yep. And if you guys want a little life hack, uh, if you're a group of dudes, get yourself a friend who's a girl. Or if you're married to somebody and she's down with it, bring her to the strip club with your buddies. Because what happens is... You put the girl on the front row right in front of the stage. Of course, you still put money out, but you're going to get a lot more action because the, the dancer is going to be paying attention to your to your lady, to your girl. And then you sitting next to her, you know, you get to you get a show. Have you ever had a stripper try to bring you on stage with her? I've had them try. Shit's scary. And I said no. It's so fucking scary. <laughs> I said no. But... I've done some things with some dancers I in some clubs, too. but they, never on stage. They're so tricky. No, they are so sneaky. So literally, I'm sitting like front row, and I'm not even trying to be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. <laughs> Don't be suspicious. <laughs> and the bitch is like motorboating me with mm-hmm. my no titties. And the next thing I know, she has my shirt off. Yeah. I'm like, girl. <laughs> I am not part happen? of the show. I am not getting the tips. I'm like, back the fuck off. How did this even happen? I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> we had a night in my favorite club in the city where, um, you know how they'll have like special get like feature dancers. Mm-hmm. And it was a, a girl who also does porn. And she was giving out like T-shirts and yes. porn DVDs. And she put one of her movie DVDs in her ass. And then I pulled it out with my teeth. Don't even get me started. Don't even get me started. My favorite strip club experience to this day, 110%, hands down, mine and my husband's, Canada. Oh. Because they do fucking tricks and you get prizes. Oh, yeah, that's fun. It's interactive now. And their $1 bills and their $2 bills, their loonies and toonies, are fucking coins. So you can... Flip them at them. If you can flick one onto their nipple or into their mouth or onto their twat, or they will, they'll put their poster that's signed Mm -hmm. into their vagina. And if you can get the coin into the poster, you're getting that poster. X Games mode. Uh, Right? They were doing acrobatic shit off the ceiling. I had pizza. Yeah. We had a private dance, and the girl was like, where are you from? We're like, the United States. And she's like, I need to be clear. You don't touch me. Period. She's like, I know about you people. Oh. (laughs) She's like, I know about this. Excuse me. She's like, I know about the thing. Not like in an offensive way. No, I get it. Like, I know about the things you do there. In the VIP room? Yeah. And she's like, we don't do that here. But you won't be disappointed. Hey. And we were not disappointed. Okay, girl. Yeah. Okay. She did things I've never seen. And another side note, I've been kicked out of strip clubs in two different countries. Oh. So, good job. What do you do to get kicked out? Be me. 
just being too rowdy just being me yeah um i mean i think the craziest thing i've seen um was two strippers and they were just really feeling each other and one started to perform oral sex on the other which normally it's like um insinuated or acted out but this was like you knew they're just going for it it was chemistry well they're probably just you know feeling it maybe you got lucky or something yeah um but then one night we were there and um I think it was maybe for my birthday and there was another couple it was like her her best friend and her boyfriend and both girls were smoking hot total dime pieces and they did get up on the stage Mm -hmm. and they did get all the way down to their skivvies damn and the girls had a great time with them and their boyfriend it was so funny because he like went to the atm and he came back and he was like just showering them with money and then they got off stage and they put their shirt they put their clothes back on and then before they left the manager of the club came up and handed them both applications Of course, make that fucking bank. I love it. It's so funny. Yeah, no, like I said, if I was younger on a different path in life. That's so cute. There was, um, I used to, I worked in a hair salon for years and years, and there was a client who was a dancer in the city, and she came from a very respectable household there in the East Bay. Um, She came from money. She wasn't doing this out of desperation or anything. She was doing it because it was a great way to make money. Her parents supported her. Her parents taught her how to invest her money and how to use her money. Obviously. And she was rolling in it. And you she could just you could literally just be your own entrepreneur. Yep. She owns owns a luxury condo in San Francisco. Of course she does. Yes. Of course she does. Which in case you guys don't know, a luxury condo in San Francisco is a mansion wherever you live outside of California. San Francisco has outranked Manhattan. Yep. It's the most expensive place. To, wait, I think it might be number two to Hawaii. No. Last I checked, San Francisco mm-hmm. was number one. It's crazy. So anyways, yep, we support our, our local dancers. We support our sex workers. We support our TikTok. Earth. We're on the TikTok. THC podcast on TikTok. Oh. I'm making them. I'm trying. Um, There's a surprise one. (laughs) I can't wait to see what kind of likes we get on this. I know I like it. I don't know, dude. The other ones that I've seen like that have gotten a ton of likes. So I was kind of catfishing a little bit. I was trying to get people to watch it. But we'll see. Um, We're THC podcast on. What did I just say? TikTok. Yeah. And on Instagram. You're trying to touch that little dangly dang in the back of the people's throat. <laughs> okay. Did you see the girl doing WAP sign language? No. Oh, it's good. Is it good? It's so good. Because nice. even the sign language is super fucking dirty. Yeah. For her to be able to sign what they're talking. <laughs> That's so funny. It's so good. So, I love it. Yeah, if you got time, definitely YouTube that. That is worth a watch. Or just download TikTok, man. I, yeah, every day, all day. It brings us so much joy. I know you guys are tired of hearing us talk about it, but we're never going to stop. <laughs> it's the only thing that brings you us can't joy. Make us. Um, Our own husbands can't make us. You converted yours. Mine still thinks I'm fucking crazy. <clears throat> nope. My husband downloaded it because he kept showing me TikTok videos that he thought was funny, but on other social media platforms. It's fucking TikTok. I get it. It says Mm. TikTok. I know. I'm like, just download the app. And now 
I don't know if he's on it more than me, but because I read and he doesn't, I'll be reading forever. And I'm like, have you been? You're TikTok still on TikTok. Yeah. So I think he might actually be on TikTok a little bit more than I me. So. We'll see. But that's because he doesn't know what I read. Mm-hmm. So maybe if he was reading what I was reading, yeah, he'd be he'd read a book or two. But he doesn't know that I'm basically reading porn. Think about whatever they read when they're in the bathroom. <laughs> I think he just he probably takes talks in the bathroom. <laughs> Who knows? All right. Who knows? We got to go. So once again, THC podcast on, <laughs> on Instagram, on TikTok, THC true on Twitter, on all podcasting avenues that you want to reach us, except for fucking IT. Ben's here this weekend. So maybe we'll talk to Ben about it. Watch Married at First Sight with me and then also get me on iTunes. Yes. <laughs> and tell a friend, tell a family member, please subscribe. Comment. Is that a thing? No. No subscribe is like follow us. Follow on, like, us. Mm-hmm. Spotify or whatever. Yeah. Um, right now, you know, we're building. So hey. But I feel help like us we, out. I feel like we have a handful of regulars out we there. We have a handful of regulars. I appreciate you. So, so much. We love you. Like you're blowing our minds. And even if you don't listen anymore, we're still going to do this. So it's the best. Um, thanks again. And we will see you next time.